0: There we, go. there we go. I think it worked. We are live. Welcome back to the Birds of Broad podcast. It's been a while, probably a couple weeks uh, since we've been doing a podcast. A lot of stuff has happened, but we got a new platform here, a new setup with NSN Philly. We appreciate the opportunity, guys. Thank you. I'm James, aka The Fresh Prince of Philly. This is my co host, Tyler, aka Eagles fans on Instagram. Tyler. You know, it's been a while. It's been a couple of weeks since we've been on here, so just tell me how you feeling right now.
1: I'm feeling good. I'm excited uh, to do this with NSN Philly, bring the podcast on this platform, partner with them going forward. Uh, it's just a, a really cool opportunity uh, to get more exposure for our podcast for us, and mm-hmm. to partner with them and, and do some cool
0: things. So uh, I'm ready to have some fun and talk some birds, bro. No doubt, bro. You know, we we take advantage of every opportunity we can get especially to talk about the eagles you, you can't pass them up man we don't shy away at all so you know with that being said let's just jump right into it we have a new head coach if nobody has heard his name is nick sirianni and to be honest i feel like half of philadelphia didn't hear about him until two days before he was hired yep. so tyler initial thoughts what do you think about nick sirianni right now um It was
1: surprising. It was, it kind of felt the the same way. Um, The process felt the same way when Doug was hired in 2016, where it seemed like he wasn't the initial choice. He wasn't the guy that they uh, would have went with if they had the option to go with uh, Sala or Smith or any of those guys that they interviewed previously. But um, when the news first broke, I just kind of thought to myself, you know, I, I felt the same way when Doug got hired, I was just like, man, you know, this isn't the guy. Uh, I don't see it. I don't know you know, why the Eagles think he's qualified. Um, but then I have to remind myself, Doug came in one year after his first season, took this team to the super bowl, rallied everybody. And I feel like Nick has those intangibles as a coach yeah. rally guys. He's a people person. He's a player's coach. Uh, he's smart. Uh, he knows what he's doing. And, um, He's got he's got a really nice staff around him. He's got his guys. So um, initial thoughts, I wasn't excited about it, but uh, the more I thought about it, the more I dissected
0: it, um, the more I've come around to it. And I'm happy the Eagles went with Nick Sirianni. Yeah, no, I have to agree with you, because at first you do look at it and you're like, you know, who is Nick Sirianni? And then you start doing the track record. Yeah, we didn't get, uh, you know, Arthur Smith, who we thought we were going to get, or Urban Meyer, Robert Sala, Dan Campbell. David Curley, Brandon Staley, all these notable names out there. We get Nick Sirianni, and then you get a sense of comfort from it because he was with Frank Wright. We already know what Frank Wright can do. He was Frank Wright's right-hand man, and Frank Wright was kind of the person that gave Carson Wentz the keys to succeed, and you just kind of hope that he can bring that same thing to Philadelphia right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, uh, the reason I think it came from left field, it's not to say that Nick Sirianni isn't qualified or he's not the right guy. It was just when you start this coaching search um, for people that covered, you know, the team, both of us on our Instagram pages, you know, we we see every report, we hear everybody that's linked to it, and to have him be so late to the party, his name being thrown in the hat, and then it happened so quickly after he interviewed was what I think threw everybody for a loop. It wasn't really um, the fact that nobody liked him or didn't think that he should be the coach. It was just he came in late to the party and it was really quick
0: how it happened and how it unfolded with him being the head coach. Yeah. Nobody knew he was even up for a job. Nobody even realized he was leaving Indianapolis, which I, I never knew that until a couple of days prior, but um, it looked like the Eagles were really impressed by what they saw. They said that out of all the candidates, he standed out the most. And then I started doing my research on him. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I see what he's doing with these quarterbacks. You know, he's turning, uh, like a, Philip Rivers, who's approaching 40 years old and he's making him one of the most uh, least mistake quarterbacks in the NFL. And then you see his track record with the wide receivers. He's got six wide receivers that have eclipsed over a thousand yards. And if you're an Eagles fan, you know that we haven't had a receiver eclipse even 500 500 yards like the past two seasons. So that's going to help us greatly. And, you know, I just hope that he can implement those same things here and he can get the most out of the guys we have on the roster because the roster does still scare me a bit.
1: Yeah, I think that's the the thing I'm most excited about with Nick Sirianni is the ability to get the most out of what he has. I think that's the disconnect I've had with Doug the past few seasons is, um, although he's not getting as much input in the players that he's getting, as a coach, that's what you're supposed to do. It doesn't matter if, you know, how he goes grocery shopping and gets you rotten food, you try to make the best dish with that rotten food, and it just seemed like... He was stubborn. He wanted to fit uh, square pegs into round holes with his offense. Um, you got guys like Jalen Rager, Travis Fulgham. I mean, even Alshon Jeffrey. It just it seems like Doug was adamant about making his offense run the way he wanted to, instead of catering his offense, changing it up, and putting his guys in position to succeed. Um, and I think that's
0: what Nick's going to do. So I'm super excited about that. We, we talked about it all season. Like, even though Doug was painted out to be this nice guy, and he is a nice guy, but yeah. when it came to coaching, he was incredibly stubborn. And this kind of leads into our next segment about the Carson Lance and Doug Peterson report. But I remember me and you talking throughout the season. We would get just so incredibly frustrated because we would see four wide receivers lined up outside, and they just would run aimlessly down the field, verticals. Nobody would turn around, there would be no crossing routes. There was just no creativeness in the offense whatsoever. And then it's frustrating for us to see because we, we're huge Carson Wentz supporters, and we would just see him get teared to shreds back there. Yeah, I mean it's it seems like Doug, since 2017, when you
1: win the Super Bowl, um, you know, you come out, you write the book, you're you know, you're you're the man on top of the hill with you know, you just won the Super Bowl, you're you're the best thing in town right now. So um, i got to catch you
0: outside.
1: Exactly. I think he took that a little to the head and not to say that he got arrogant or anything, but to say this worked in 2017, this is my offense and I'm going to make it work. I'm not switching anything up. I'm not changing it. Um, and that just seemed like what it was in 18, 19 and 20. It just seemed like there was no innovation. There's, there's nothing new going on. I mean, you turn on chiefs games when they get inside the 20 yard line they're running NFL street plays. Oh man, yeah, there. it's so frustrating watching a good offense play on Sunday. Compared exactly. to- so it, I I don't think that Doug's a bad coach. I just think he he wanted to do it his way. He thought that he earned the right to do it his way, which he he did. You won the Super Bowl. That's the ultimate goal. But at the end of the day, um, the NFL changes. People catch up to you. They you know you can do it one year. Lamar Jackson did it one year. Was he able to come back and be the MVP the next year? No. Um, So I just think that Doug refused to switch it up. He refused to um, refresh his offense. And I think that's why um, when when you're having those meetings with Lurie about, you know, me being the coach going forward, when you're presenting your vision for the future going forward, if I'm not hearing anything that you're trying to change, then I have to, as Jeff Lurie, as the owner, have to say okay, this isn't going to work again, so we have to move on. Not that we want to, but we we have to, and I think that's what happened.
0: No, exactly, because whether he was sabotaging his job or not because he wanted out, it was reported that Doug Peterson wanted to promote Press Taylor as the offensive coordinator. And, you know, everybody yep. was confused because they all came out a day after the season was over, and they united, and we all thought, okay, Doug's coming back. But as soon as Doug presented – that plan that he had for the next season, you know, Jeffrey Lurie looked at it and said, I'm not rolling with this again. I can't do this again for another season. You know, I got a job too. I need to keep my ownership of this football team. I'm sorry, Doug, but you're out the door. Like you said, and I know you're going to lead us into our next segment about Carson Wentz and Doug Peterson and like the report that came out about that.
1: Yeah. So um, I think it was a few days prior. It's not breaking news, but, uh, a report came out that um, early in the season, you know, Carson and, and the offense are having their struggles and and Doug really reined in the offense, oversimplified it and kind of took um, took Carson out of doing what uh, Carson's good at, kind of stripped him of of control uh, in the game with changing plays and stuff. And then the report finishes to say um, that that's when Carson kind of lost his trust in Doug as a play caller Um I think my take on that is there's so much that went wrong this season that I don't blame Doug. I don't blame Carson. I don't blame injuries. Um,
0: I blame them all.
1: Everybody had their hand in the pot and with this offense being as awful as it was. um, So I just feel like it's a situation where nobody can win. Nobody's at fault for a hundred percent of it. Um, so, I mean, you hate to hear those kind of reports because a lot of these things are fabricated. But um, this offense broke down early and they were never able to figure it out.
0: Yeah, you know, it's most important that you say, like, everybody deserves a hand in this. And it was really disappointing to everybody upsetting that Doug was the one, the odd man out because we didn't see how we leave. Obviously, Jeffrey Lurie not going to leave. And we know a lot of people wanted Carson Wentz to leave and Carson Wentz is still here. So when people found out that Doug was the odd man out, they really got uh, bitter feelings about that. But like you said, you know, the offense didn't change all year long. I get it. There were injuries. I, you know, I understand that you were dealt with a shorthand. But still, as the head coach, you're, you have to come up with something. I don't put all the blame on him. But he is a large reason why we struggled so much. And especially when Jalen Hurts came in, too. In the second half, Jalen Hurts struggled as well and you never saw Doug be able to adjust the offense differently. So it wasn't just with Carson Wentz, it was also with Jalen Hurts as well as he still didn't make any changes in the second half to help out Hurts. And yeah, we do we even have to get into running the football? I mean, come on. We we had one of the best running backs in the league and we never oh. ran the ball. Running the football is the number one thing to take pressure off of your quarterback. And you failed. to
1: pressure off everything, your defense, your
0: quarterback, yeah, and you failed to do it yeah. game in and game. Out. You had 16 chances to run the football in a game, and you never did it once. So I, I like I can't think of a valid argument as to why changes shouldn't have been made this offseason. Yeah,
1: I think when the reason I think it came to a screeching halt, because a lot of people would say. I mean, he won the Super Bowl in 2017. You would think that a Super Bowl winning head coach in the past few seasons would be the coach for longer, like five seasons, and you won a Super Bowl. That seems a, like a really quick turnaround uh, to be looking for a new head coach. It's the fact that when you win a Super Bowl, teams normally have the, you know, the window, your Super Bowl window. Um, and while they went to the playoffs the next two years, the team just wasn't uh, a contender in the playoffs. They weren't. Um, they weren't probably – I mean, you could make the argument in 18 if Alshon didn't drop it, but then that's just, you know, you're playing what ifs then and we don't want to do that. But um, I just think the window closed really quick on him and with no real vision to fix it or figure it out or make changes going forward is why Jeff Lee said maybe, I you know, I don't want to make the change, but we kind of have to. But I want to double back um, – with Nick Sirianni kind of talk about the, the staff he's put together pretty quickly. Um, they're all his guys, which, which makes me really happy. It doesn't seem like Howie and uh, Jeffrey Lurie really got too involved with telling him who to go get. It seems like they allowed him to go get the guys he wanted, the guys he's familiar with, the guys he's coached with um, that he's connected to. So uh, off the top, Shane Steichen, uh, offensive coordinator, previously the offensive coordinator in uh I almost said San Diego in LA for the chargers. Um, yeah. in the Los Angeles chargers uh, offensive coordinator, what were your initial thoughts when you heard that
0: um, Sirianni was rolling with Steichen as the OC first to just go back a little bit. Everybody's biggest fear was that Nick Sirianni was just going to be a yes man. And he wasn't going to be able to yep. bring in his own men. And I think we can kill that debate already because so far, he's gotten everybody he's wanted, and with Shane Steichen, I was incredibly excited about this because, yeah, people knocked him for his play calling, but he was with a rookie quarterback last year in Justin Herbert, and we saw all saw the success that Herbert had last year, um, like rookie of the year success. So, I hate to say this, but in Carson Wentz, in year five, he was broken as a quarterback. So mm-hmm. traditionally. He's kind of a rookie right now. You want to bring him back to the basics. And what better way to bring him to the basics than bring somebody in who coached a rookie quarterback last year? He can reteach him all those things, and he can develop Carson Wentz again. And that's why I was most excited about this is because I think Carson Wentz has all the talent in the world, but he's at square one right now. And you need to bring him back all the way up to 100%, and I think he's capable of doing that.
1: Yeah, I think um, I read a little bit about Shane Steichen. I'm not super familiar with him, but um, it seems like uh, the the fans in L.A. Uh, wanted him gone, but it, it didn't really make too much sense to me. It seemed like with a rookie quarterback, like as, as good as Justin Herbert is, you're still a rookie. You're going to have growing pains. Um, the fact that he was able to get that type of season out of him um, mm-hmm. is special, and you deserve credit for that. Um I think when you come here, to, the the talent that should we should have after free agency, after the draft, I think Steichen will be able to – him and Nick Sirianni, because I don't think it's come out yet who's going to actually be calling the plays. Yeah. Um, I haven't heard that, so I think it's a toss-up. I think Nick Sirianni can be one of those coaches that says, you know, this is finally my time to shine. I want to call the plays. Not that he called plays in uh, Indianapolis, but um, – this could be where he says, "Okay, I didn't get the call plays there with Frank. I want to call the plays now here or he can just trust Shane Steichen in to, to do that and um I don't know. I think I'm not I'm not upset that we didn't go get the glamorous the na- the glamorous names. We didn't go get the hottest OC. We didn't go get the hottest I actually think we got the hottest DC. We didn't go get the hottest OC, but I think the Eagles need to come back down to earth, um run the football pass you know off of play action like that's the type of the type of football i like to watch and i think that's the type of football that wins you run the ball um you wear defenses down you hit him with play action uh, i think that's the type of offense shane Steichen's gonna bring um so i'm excited i mean he might not be the best offensive coordinator
0: but he's a guy nick
1: trusts and i think that's a big deal
0: yeah and if there's one thing that we already know about both of them is they love to run the football Please. and that's exactly what we want here Um, You know, you already talked about how excited you were about Jonathan Gannon. Uh, I'm excited, too. I have a little bit of concerns because I know he runs a complete different philosophy than Jim Schwartz. He's more aggressive. He loves to blitz, which I see that as a positive and a weakness. One, it's a positive because it's going to help our guys on the back end. Because outside of Darius Slay, we don't really have that coverage secondary guy. So, yeah. If you're able to get home, it's going to make everybody else look great on the back end. But if you're not able to get home, you're going to see a lot more of uh, Avante Mattis getting burned next season if he's still here. So I feel like we're going to see back and forth games where the defense is going to be dominant and you're going to have these impressive performances. But there's also going to be games when we go up against the elite receivers and we just get burned. So unless they're able to address that in the draft or I don't think it's going to be free agency because we all we all know the cap situation yeah how we can move money around but yeah you know, there's not that much to work with right now so it's going to be a hit or miss with Jonathan Gannon to me not because of him more because of our roster
1: yeah I, th- I was really excited when Gannon was announced as the DC because um of how um how many teams wanted him I think he was connected at three or four different teams to be the DC so the fact that he was a commodity uh and the Eagles got that commodity uh makes me excited. Um, we'll see if it translates and he can make it work with the 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 roster that we do have. Of course, um I think that they'll they'll try their best to upgrade the defenses the be- the best they can, but we're working with limited resources this offseason, so I don't know if, if they'll be able to make that happen. Um, but I'm excited because I, I love on third third and six, man. Blitz the QB. But get him yeah. off the spot I mean you watch playoff football and I don't know how many times uh in the chiefs and uh Browns game where it's third and medium to long uh, for the Browns in the Chiefs blitz to get Baker off the spot he's forced to throw the ball and boom it's fourth down they punt and get off the field there's so many times where uh and G- we know Jim doesn't like the blitz he likes to get the pressure with the front four drop the other seven in in coverage and, and win that way but eventually Five, bring the heat, get the quarterback off the spot, force an early throw, and I think pressure gets you turnovers. And if if you can if you can do that with blitzes, I'm completely fine with it. Of course, it'll backfire a few times during the season, but I think um, I I like defensive coordinators that are risky. I like Jim Johnson kind of guys. I like guys that are going to go attack, and um, I just I think Schwartz is an attacking um Defensive coordinator But he just he relied on the front four And while many people Think that the Eagles had a lot of Talent in the front four with Fletcher Cox And Brandon Graham and, and Josh Sweat um, I think you need more talent uh, In a Jim Schwartz scheme To be successful And I just don't think the Eagles had that level of talent
0: Exactly To run and after it. Great pressure
1: And like
0: so, with Jim Schwartz Is even though he's been one of the most consistent defensive coordinators over the past decade, you needed to bring in something new, especially when you have this much of a limited roster. you got to bring somebody in who's going to take chances, who's going to uh, you know, swing things around because on third and 15, you can't be playing prevent defense every time. You don't have the guys to cover one-on-one, and you're going to get burnt almost nine times out of ten. We saw it all season long. Yeah, if, if you're giving a um, – not even a good quarterback. If you're giving any quarterback
1: time on third down um, against our defensive uh, secondary, then, you know, I don't want to say nine times out of ten, but seven times out of ten that they're going to get the first down. They're going to find the spot uh, if they have time. I think third down is where you uh, dial up the pressure and you live with the results because I feel like more often than not, you're going to get the the pressure, the turnover, the errant throw – uh, the sack, um, that you're looking for, um, because it's a pressure down. You got to bring pressure. And I think Jonathan Gannon's going to do that. Um, all right. more, more on the coaching staff that, that Sirianni's putting together. Brian Johnson, that, that news came out, I think yesterday. Yeah, uh, They're all blending together, uh, these past few days. Um, but Brian Johnson, offensive coordinator, uh, for the University of Florida, will be the new QB coach for the Eagles. Um, What are your thoughts on Brian Johnson?
0: Looking at the track record, one, he's worked with Dak Prescott in college. You know how we feel about the Cowboys. We hate them. But, yeah, we both admit that Dak is a pretty good quarterback. No, he didn't work with him at the NFL level, but he helped develop him in college. And then, uh, you know, right now he had Kyle Traskis. Is that how you pronounce his name? I'm not really
1: sure. I think, yeah.
0: Yeah. So he's working with him now, and he had a pretty good season, kind of teetered off at the end couple things that worry me is, one, he has college experience. Two, it's not like Florida is any more a powerhouse school like it used to be when um, when Tim Tebow was playing. But obviously there's something that they saw in this guy that they sought him out because you, you don't just see guys like this come out of nowhere. No, there's a reason why he got it signed by the eagles and you know whoever is taking a chance on him right now i hope they're right i'm excited about it because he did work with a a few quarterbacks you know he he knows what it's like to play the game he did play he was on the cover of like ncaa football i think it was 06 or something like that it's it's actually really i saw that going around yeah so he knows how to play football and i'm i'm excited for him i just hope it's not a disaster
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know too much about Brian Johnson outside of his, you know, he worked with Dak Prescott at Mississippi State. I feel like that's overblown. Um, He's known Jalen Hurts for a long time. I feel like that's overblown. I just, they had a really nice offense there at the University of Florida. He's a young guy. And there you go. You got got to represent the guys, bro. You got to represent the guys. Okay. Who are we talking about? Jalen who? Exactly, bro. This is a pro went stream. If your pro hurts, we ain't got nothing for you. But anyway, I think uh, I think the 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 youth movement that is this coaching staff is gonna be a big deal. Um, it's a new NFL. It's always changing. It's always um evolving. So I think having young coaches, uh, top to bottom. I mean, Nick Sirianni's a young coach. Shane Steichen's a young coach. Jonathan Gannon's a young coach. And then Brian Johnson, I think, is like thirty three. So um, I think having those young guys um, coaching today's game, um, connecting with the players on the roster, being relatable is a big deal. Um, so I, I'm happy with the with the staff Sirianni's put together. Um,
0: I can't remember the last time I saw the Eagles bring in young blood. From the yeah, I think it's much needed too. I think they did the average, and they're the youngest coaching staff right now in the NFL. I'll take it, man, because if you look at the – the top contenders in this
1: league, a, a team that it they haven't won a Super Bowl, but a team that I admire a lot with the way that they're operated and the way that they they might not be the best team in their division, they might not be the best team in the conference, but they always compete and they're always in the thick of it. Is the Rams? I,
0: I knew you were going to say that too because I was thinking Sean McVay the whole time. I was thinking innovative offense. Sean McVay, Matt Lafleur, Kyle Shanahan, they all nope. down to a T right now.
1: And I, I don't I don't think it's it's um. It's a cliche thing to say, like, you know, oh, this is Sean McVay. I, I'm not saying Nick Sirianni is going to be like Sean McVay. I don't think that he's on his level as a coach. I hope to be proven wrong. But I think the youth movement, um, the evolution of the NFL, having a young uh, coaching staff um, is is going to be something that's going to benefit the Eagles. And when, we're, when they're able to get over this cap situation, uh, get multiple draft classes right in a row – You know, we'll wait to see. We're not going to hold our breath, though. But I feel like that's what it's going to take to become a perennial contender where you are competing to win the division year in and year out, and you're competing to go to the playoffs and for a Super Bowl, of course, year in and year out. So um, I think year one could be rocky. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupted you. I feel feel like year one could be rocky for Sirianni and these guys just kind of implementing their culture, uh, getting their program going. But um, I mean, if if Sirianni's able to, quote unquote, fix Carson Wentz, um, I wouldn't be surprised if this team competes day one with a young roster, a young coaching staff, some swagger. That's uh, what I'm
0: saying. It's going to bring juice to the exactly. whole having all those young guys in. And it's very ironic that we're going from young guys to an older coaching staff member right yep. now because the Eagles brought back one of the best, Jeff Stoutland. I'm stoked about this. You can say whatever you want about the offensive line last year, but you have to realize Jeff Stoutland was working with practice squad on top of practice squad on top of Jamon Brown, who is the worst offensive lineman we've ever seen come through <laughs> Philadelphia. He blocked a, he blocked himself into Carson Wentz or something. He, he sacked Carson Wentz himself. That's how bad he was. Yeah, so, that was rough. I am so excited to have Jeff Stoutland back just because of how much the offensive linemen respect him. And they want to work with him. And you're just going to get that same type of chemistry up front. And we all know how important the offensive line is in the NFL. You want to value that position and you want to value the coaching in it as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Stoutland is, you know, it's it's not as glamorous to say, oh, we're keeping a coach. But I think that's huge news. Um, I think the offensive line was a weak link this season. Uh, with the, all the injuries, the guys that you're plugging and playing, 13 different combinations, I think is what it got up to, which is insane. Uh, I think it was a record, actually. I think they broke a record. for That's the most offensive line combinations in a season for a team. Um, getting him back when you know that the guy that you just extended to a long contract, Lane Johnson, adores this man. Um, Jason Kelsey, of course, uh, if he doesn't retire this year or next year, is going to want his coach back. Um, Brandon Brooks loves the guy. So, I mean, Suamalo's is going to be back. Dillard's got, you know, it, it's good that you're, you're keeping the coach and you're keeping the continuity, um, with the offensive line that, um, going into 2021 will be a big deal if they can stay healthy, uh, hopefully get back to being the, the strength of this team. Uh, so super, super happy that Stoutlin's coming back. I was so nervous when that report report broke that he might be going to Alabama. So, uh, big news that Stoutlin's coming back. But Stoutland's leaving, and we got a few guys going out the door. We got uh, Deuce Daly. Um, it's, it's just sad to see him go. Um, he was never an offensive coordinator, uh, the assistant head coach and the running back's co- coach, but he's just – he used to play here. He's got the the Philly mentality. He's mm-hmm. a guy's guy. He's a, a player's coach. Like, he's, he's every cliche thing that you can say about him, but they're all true um, – It just really sucks that the Eagles weren't able to make it right with him to keep him.
0: It's just kind of an off situation. I wouldn't have personally made him the offensive coordinator. Um, There's there's a reason why the Eagles don't value him as much. And it's a shame to say because we all love him. He had his farewell thing today, his farewell letter to Philadelphia. Uh, It's a huge shame, but I understand it at the end of the day. I get it. It's a business and the Eagles probably are doing what's best for their team. And he did – he literally took the same position that he has in Philadelphia. Yep. Took
1: it to Detroit. So yeah, – That's tough to see. Um, it would have been a different story if they would have offered him a promotion in Detroit. If he would have become the offensive coordinator, you know, yeah. then we'd all have been like, okay, we understand that. You know, we're sad to see you go, but we completely understand you advancing your career. But the fact that you go to one of the most dysfunctional franchises in the league to do what you're doing here – um,
0: eating that's what yo that, that's the funniest yeah. thing i've ever heard when dan campbell was like we're gonna eat some kneecaps we're gonna get up again yeah
1: i just I, I that doesn't work man this isn't the the 90s you you're talking to 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 young men that that don't you know yeah,
0: uh, uh, don't relate
1: to that type of stuff but to see deuce go there to do the same thing versus staying here uh clearly shows you that he felt slighted about the fact that he didn't get a promotion uh, that he wasn't seriously considered for the head coaching spot, because um, I don't I love having Deuce as the running backs coach. I feel like that connection with him and Miles was was something special. And Miles has said it multiple times, like that's like a father figure to me. Like that guy gets the best out of me. I love the way he rotates the backs. Like you know, I feel like Deuce is uh, underappreciated, but also at the same time, I just don't think he was ready or shown enough to us from what we know um to say that yeah you should have made him the offensive coordinator you should have made him the head coach um
0: it's just a shame because he's one of those guys that we just respect the hell out of and you we know you want to see him leave but when it eventually you know what's going to happen
1: yeah um the other guy that's leaving for detroit not that we need to spend too much time is dave phipp special teams coordinator he's going to do the same thing there um yeah, I just think it was a thing where Sirianni kind of just said, you know, I want to go get my own guy. You kind of had a down year. The special teams
0: wasn't as good as it should have been. Um, yeah, they've they've had no significant impact over the past few seasons. I'm okay with that. You know, I don't care if they were in the top ten. They never really made plays other than that Jalen Rager play um versus Green Bay. I haven't seen the Eagles special teams make plays yeah. since Kelly was here. So <laughs> I, I was okay with that. And a more notable loss that is being reported. Hold on. yeah. Let me get my prop real quick. <laughs> because one of the greatest Eagles of all time is being reported to leave this offseason by the Athletic. Um, the Eagles are looking to trade Zach Ertz, apparently. I'm still in shock, even though, yeah, we all knew it was going to happen. We understood it. I had a little bit of belief a couple weeks ago when the report came out about Howie Roseman saying, Kyrie Roseman reached out to Carson Wentz. I mean, reached out to Zach Ertz and asked Ertz, how can we keep Carson Wentz? So I was like, you know, whoa, like, hold on. Maybe, maybe there's hope that Zach Ertz is going to stay. Carson Wentz is going to, you know, plea his case and have him stay to be his his number one target still. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like that's going to work out. Zach Ertz is one of those players that I will always love. He always gave his all. He didn't have the most talent in the world, but he just found a way to get open every play and he was the safety blanket for Eagles quarterbacks for years. Um, I'm obviously upset about it. You can never replace a guy like that. It's going to hurt as much as it's going to hurt when Brandon Graham leaves, when Jason he leaves. It's just going to have that type of impact on us. So tell me, h- how did you feel when you heard the news?
1: Um, I felt like this isn't news. Um, <laughs> Fair when enough. I, when I heard the report that um, – Zach Ertz wanted a new contract in training camp. He he wasn't going to get it from the team. He confronted Howie Roseman. It was heated, blah, blah, blah. I thought to myself, okay, he's under contract next year. He's probably not going to play under that contract. Um, The Eagles are obviously going to move off of him this upcoming season, barring him bawling out of control to where the Eagles say, okay, you can still do this at a high level. We don't want to lose our number one weapon. If Ertz would have put up, kelsey numbers this season then he would be back in 2021 the eagles would have said we'll find the money we'll make it work we'll restructure we'll convert bonuses to whatever um but it wasn't it was the opposite it was his worst season um as a pro i mean outside of his rookie where he didn't really play too much but um you you get hurt you're not making much of an impact you're not creating separation you're not getting open um i didn't i didn't think this was news because i thought the The fact that he wanted a new deal, we don't have money. He confronts a GM. The GM doesn't budge. He comes out and has a bad season while getting hurt. Of course, he's gone. Of course, we need to create cap room. Of course, we need to move on. Of course, we have to pay Dallas in a year. So, we can't pay them both. You guys want new receivers in Philly? Well, we can if we're playing both of these tight ends, big money. So, um, I feel like Ertz has elevated himself to McNabb, Westbrook, Dawkins, Trotter, Vincent Shepard Brown like he's a, he's at that level of Eagle in my mind um, of just one of those guys that's going to be hanging in the Raptors are going to put his name uh, in the ring of honor they'll probably retire 86 you won a Super Bowl we've never had that um, probably um, one of the biggest plays in the Super Bowl to go ahead touchdown where he dove in the end zone uh, we'll never forget that he's been a model of consistency on the field off the field he's been tremendous in the community he loves this city and uh, the people that live in Philadelphia don't take that lightly. Um, So I think, you know, it's going to be a tough, a tough divorce, but I think with the Eagles, you take a page out of the, the Patriots notebook, you, you move off of guys early rather than late. I just think it's one of those, one of those situations where we we're sad to see you go, but it's just
0: time. Yep. And we wish you the best Zach, wherever you end up, if you do leave, um, you know, to end out the podcast tonight, We're going to do something fun. We have a little fun question for people to think about and what we're going to answer. Uh, Nick Sirianni versus Doug Peterson. Who will have a longer tenure here? And when it's all said and done, who will have the most success? Will it be Doug with his one Super Bowl? Or do you think Sirianni can achieve more?
1: I I feel like I have a long-winded answer. So you want to go first?
0: Yeah, I'll make it short and sweet i think doug is going to have the longer tenure and have the most achievements i don't think sirianni is ready to take that next step yet even though i love the hires and everything so far i think he will get carson wentz back on track but i think the eagles are going to have to you know run ship with him after a few years i think this is the
1: filler so I think with Sirianni, he'll get a few benefits of the doubt, okay? Young coaches, normally when you go into a bad situation, um, if, if it's a good GM owner situation, you'll get the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think Sirianni coming into a situation where the quarterback's an unknown, the cap situation is in flux, so it might take a season or two to get up under that. Both things that when you come to the table to discuss – performance and moving forward together you can't blame me Uh, you gave me a a below average roster the quarterback situation didn't fix itself these are all hypotheticals this is why i'm saying i think he could outlast doug
0: yeah if
1: if year one is terrible three and 13 four and 12 four 11 and one um i feel like if he has one of those types of seasons it's either injuries happened again which you can't blame him uh Carson doesn't play well Jalen Hurts doesn't play well which you can't blame him you had the you had those problems with Doug you got the problems here now clearly not my fault right Mm -hmm. so I think if that happens then we're hitting reset we're going to reset the clock for you too we're going to get a new QB we got the cap situation figured out we're going to go get you a whole new roster and we're going to run this back again right so I think the fact that he's kind of got a built-in reset if it doesn't work early with, okay, this might be a retooling. People might call it a rebuild this offseason. But I think because you have the highest uh, – not the highest, a high-paid quarterback, and it's kind of in flux right now, if if Carson comes out, craps the bet again, then they have to say, okay, we have to reset, blow this thing up completely, but we're going to keep Sirianni around for the ride. Long-winded, I think he outlasts him. Because he's either going to be good to begin with with Carson and they're going to try to keep that going or it's a dumpster fire to begin with. They hit the reset button um, and then he'll have he'll be able to reset the clock. Because most of the problems that plagued this team in 2020 um, would probably be the reason that we're not good in 2021. So I think for that reason, I'm going to say he he outlasts him. I don't know who's going to be more successful because it's really hard to win a Super Bowl yeah, Wait, Patrick Mahomes still breathing oxygen. It's um, an outlier. That Super Bowl is always going to be the outlier. Yeah, so. it's it's tough. I think Doug Peterson's a great coach, phenomenal. I think he'll be a head coach next season, but um, I, I I think Nick Sirianni can match or outlast Peterson. I just don't know if he'll be able to outsuccess him because I don't want to be one of those fans that's just like Eagles won in the Super Bowl every single season because I love them. I just I don't I don't think that this team will be back in contention for a year or two. I wish. So,
0: Okay, yeah, if there's anything we know about the NFL, it stands for not for long, and we see how ugly things can get. Um, Let's go over to our comment section here. We can just read them off one by one. I'll go, and then you go. All right. Uh, I'll start. Dylan Austin, as concerned as I am about Sirianni, I love every potential hire. Yeah, I think that's how everybody feels. You You were thinking, who is this guy? And then you're seeing him bring in all the guys that he wants, and now we're just getting more and more excited as the day goes on.
1: Yeah, I think potential's a big a big deal. We we like that. We, you know, potential equals hope. We're all hopeful. Um, so yeah, I think uh Sirianni, we might not know too much, but we're excited about the the potential with him and the staff that he's put together very young. Um next one from Eric uh Zua. Sorry if I butchered it. Um who knows, but do you believe if Eagles get rid of Zacherts, do you have do you have think Kyle Pitts? Do you think Kyle Pitts? Um, We talked about this before we came on. I think Kyle Pitts is an intriguing prospect for the Eagles. Not at six, though. I think the re- the way Kyle Pitts could land in Philly is if the Eagles are set on adding a playmaker on offense, whether that be Smith, Waddle, or my guy Chase, Jamar Chase, um, at six, and guys trade up, uh, leapfrog the Eagles to take them, or – the the Dolphins and the Bengals take both of those guys, I could easily see the Eagles saying, we're going to trade back, get a few more picks, let a QB needy team come up to this sixth spot, and we'll take Kyle Pitts with the 10th, 11th, 12th pick. Because um, this guy's built like a big wide receiver. It, he doesn't have to play tight end. And in this Eagles offense with Sirianni, you can see him split out wide. They'll play 12. he will be in the slot. So I think that if you miss out on Smith or Chase – those top two receivers, I think Kyle Pitts tight end one is a better pick than
0: wide receiver number three, if
1: that makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I I really didn't think there was any shot of this happening until this morning when I, like, officially, like, heard the Zach Ertz thing where I was like, okay, he's most likely going to be gone, and the Eagles really do love the tight end position. I do think it's a possibility that you play back a few spots and grab him and, um, you know, try to get more picks. Not to say I trust Howie with those picks. That's another question. Let's not get into that right now because we would be here another half an hour. Um, Nick Bookhammer. If that's really your last name, Bookhammer, that is a great last name. If your last
1: name is Bookhammer, we want you on the show.
0: Yeah, honestly. Who do you think we are going to draft this year? I thought it was going to be Patrick Sertan at first, but now I'm leaning more towards Jamar Chase. As the you know the days go on, because I just see the Eagles valuing the offense more and more every day. So why not throw your chips in in the draft too and get yourself a stud wide out? So that that's I'm gonna go with Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase has been the guy that I've wanted
1: the Eagles to get since last year. I thought um when you watch that LSU team that won the national championship in 2019, um, he's better than Justin Jefferson, he was better than Justin Jefferson a year ago. Uh, if Jamar Chase could have came out uh, last season, he would have been the first wide receiver taken. He's better than Judy, he's better than Lamb, he's better than Ruggs. Um, he's better than, um, every anybody in that 2019, uh, the 2020 class because this will be the 2021 class. Jamar Chase is my dream pick. The Eagles haven't had an elite wide receiver, uh, since TO. Um, since I guess you could say Deshaun Jackson's 2013 season, I think. Um, but, yeah, give me Jamar Chase. I'm not a big fan of those corners, uh, Farley or Certain. Um, Give me Kyle Pitts, but not at six. I don't want a defensive lineman. I don't want an offensive lineman. Give me Jamar Chase. Throw him in a swaggy number. Let's have some fun with it. Uh, so we got – who do you think we're going to draft next year? We just got that. Bookhammer, shout-out to you. Shout-out to your parents. Shout-out to your whole family and your, your you know, family tree. Um. <laughs> Cause that's a great name and and you know if I could be Tyler Bookhammer I would um yeah, sign me up for that so Dylan Austin uh certain and slay would be amazing but wouldn't be mad about Smith or Chase yeah i mean we kind of covered that with just what we said i think if the eagles took a corner we wouldn't be mad but i don't like either one of these guys that high i think they both have kind of flaws in their game um i want somebody that Carson Wentz can throw the ball to Every play. I can't wait to see a stat line like Fulgham put up against the Steelers this year. I want to see that eight times a season. I want my Stephon Diggs. I want my Julio. I want I want that guy, and we haven't had that guy. When's the last time the Eagles had that guy? What happened? They gave Donovan his guy, and even though T.O. was hurt for the playoffs and all that stuff, that team went to the Super Bowl. He came. He balled out. Of course, they didn't get the results that they wanted, but give Carson, his guy. He hasn't had his guy on the outside since he's been here. Give my man his guy.
0: Yeah. I mean, even though Serté and Slay would be great, that Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith connection with Carson Wentz, is just – it's by far the more appealing option. Yeah, Um, I mean, give me me a weapon on the outside versus
1: any other spot in the first round this year um, for 2021. I just – I don't think the Eagles – you know how he's probably gonna goof it, but, um, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they took a left tackle at six. You know,
0: just the way it is with with Howie. All right, we got some of the same questions still, so let's just blow by these real quick. Uh, Eric asked, "Who knows?" But do you believe if Eagles get rid of Zach Ertz, is Kyle Pitts at six? We both believe there's a shot. Um, do yeah, I, all- I think they could, just not at six. I think Pitts could be the guy if it's a tradeback scenario. I don't think I think six is too rich for a tight end. Yeah, no, me too. Dylan Austin Pitts is super nice, but man, I hope we don't take tight end. It's yep, just like we said. Three, <laughs> I, I want third tan just as much as Chase and Smith. But even with all three gone, I'd rather have Waddle over Pitts.
1: Yeah, I can't agree with you there. I I think Waddle is. I don't know. I just i I like what he's done at Alabama the past few seasons, but I just I don't see him as a bona fide number one wide receiver. It's very different from being super productive in college to being a number one wide receiver. I think Waddle could be a terrific number two on a lot of teams. I just, I'm not looking for a number
0: two. I'm looking for the guy down between him. We just drafted a number two wide receiver last year with the first round pick. Exactly. I don't want to see it again. That's the perfect
1: explanation of it. You just drafted a number two. You can draft number two wide receivers in the, in the first round. That Mm -hmm. We did that last year. Jalen Rager, while I think his potential is high, I don't think he's a bona fide Pro Bowl wide receiver. This draft, you need to go get your guy a bona fide Pro Bowl wide receiver. I want Jamar Chase to come in, do exactly what Jefferson did, go to the Pro Bowl, be that guy, be phenomenal for um, multiple years with Carson. He needs it. He deserves it.
0: Sorry, I just <laughs> I read one of the comments and laughed. Okay. Before we get to the comment that I laughed at, uh, another one, yeah, I think Sertan and Slow would be good together. And yes, I would like Waddle also over pits too. What about linebacker? The only linebacker that's realistic is uh Mika Parsons or Micah Parsons. I like him. I heard there were some attitude issues. We don't really value the linebacker position, so I'd be very shocked if we've got him. Um, it just doesn't seem like the maximum value at a six pick in the draft, yeah. so I'm not on board with uh, Parsons. Um, yeah, I th- that made me laugh though. Hertz is going to beat Wentz out. I don't know why y'all act like Wentz is the best quarterback in the world. You can take that one. Go ahead. Um, this is a family-friendly show. Um, with our great
1: friends at NSN Philadelphia, and uh, oh, I think it's best if we if we don't address that one. Um, Carson Wentz lives in a different zip code. He lives in the uh, affluent part of town uh, when it comes to skill at quarterback. And if you think that Jalen Hurts is the superior player skill wise, then there's not much of a discussion to be had because uh, that's just not not the
0: truth. So, yeah, to sugarcoat it, we believe in Carson Wentz's potential. Uh, my boy Dan Larson, realistically, what is Zach Ertz trade value in the current NFL market? That is a great question because it used to be up very high, but now, if you're talking draft wise, I see him being a later mid-round pick, especially yep. with that contract that he wants.
1: Yeah, it'll be a mid to late round pick. I think it'll go to a contending team or I can easily see Joe Douglas ringing his phone saying, I got a new QB. I got a new coach in town. I want that culture player. I want that guy that's going to come in and be the safety blanket for Darnold or Lawrence or Fields or Wilson or whoever they take to, uh, to be the quarterback going forward. Exactly. Um,
0: he could throw I, to sweeten the deal just because he wants yeah. that security blanket.
1: Exactly. And I think, like you said, the contract's a big deal. That takes the leverage down from the Eagles because it's not like you're trading a guy that's already on a team-friendly deal. You're trading him. We're going to have to give away a pick and sign him. Uh, you have to bring the price down. I would say it's a, a mid to late round pick. Uh, I would be happy if the Eagles got a fourth round pick um, for Zach Ertz. So I don't think it'll be anything higher than that. I'll be I'll be shocked and I'll gladly be wrong if they got something more. But I think it's gonna be a fourth round pick. Um oh here we go. We can throw them up.
0: Oh uh, we just realized that at the end. It's the first stream.
1: Don't shoot us. Oh, All right, go back next time. We'll have your, your thing on the screen. Uh Daniel Larson, uh Doug has a better career achievements, but the new coach will be there longer. Yeah, I think. I think that goes along with what I said. Uh, Daniel kind of agrees with me. Um, Can I we think just
0: stop that for a second. That looks so good.
1: Yeah, that's that's really cool. Keep asking questions on the next stream. We'll be back uh, next week. So come back and we'll, and we'll throw you up. Here's my homie Dom. Uh, again, what makes y'all think Wentz will automatically start and won't have to earn it? Um, All signs of money, money, $100 million, uh, talent. I just think. I think when you're talking about somebody as good as Carson is talent wise, yes, he didn't have a good season. We all know we're not new. This is the off season. We're talking about it. We understand Carson didn't have a good season, but he's easily the better quarterback. And I think the reason you don't have to compete is if, and no, I can't use that because people would jump down my throat. Yeah. I was going to compare him to a certain NBA player. If, if somebody else, if it's it's tough to find a comparison, if you're that good and somebody comes up to you and says, it's like it's like asking Denzel Washington to audition. OK, audition. I'm Denzel. I've showed you what I can do. I don't I'm not auditioning. That's below. Leader. That's beneath me. I'm a hundred million dollar quarterback. Okay, I almost won MVP. i taken you guys to the playoffs. I took Tommy Pickles, Chucky, Angelica. I took the whole Rugrats to the playoffs. I showed you what I can do. You know that wasn't my fault last year. I'm not competing for this spot. I earned it multiple times over and over again. That's why there should be no competition. We went and got you a new coach that caters to what you like to do. We went and got you an OC. We got you a weapon in Jamar Chase. This is yours. Go prove us wrong.
0: And that's, I mean, like it does look like from every move that we've made so far, it does look like everything is pointing to help out Wentz. And, And then you put that along with everything that we've seen before. That's why we both feel comfortable with him going forward. Not saying he didn't play poorly last year because he did, but I still want to give him another opportunity before everybody's ready to run him out of town. And if there is not a better comment to leave off of than this one, I can't wait till they draft a defensive lineman at number six, yeah. that would be the most Philadelphia Eagle thing there would be. It's like, what What else can you say? A Mississippi State defensive lineman named Checker, locks, and there you go. I mean, what else can you say?
1: Yeah, I mean, th- while there might be some nice defensive uh, lineman prospects early in the draft, uh, the guy from Miami, I don't know his name uh, off the top of my head, but I mean – It would just be a a Howie move to go offensive lineman or defensive lineman. Uh, That's just his brand. You can't really blame blame him. That's the philosophy of football he believes in. Controlling the offensive and defensive line um, wins you games. It won him a Super Bowl. He had the best offensive line and one of the very best defensive lines in 2017. And that's kind of what propelled this team to win a Super Bowl. But um, with all the questions done, we got the first live stream of the Birds of Broadcast. Birds of Broadcast birds of broad street podcast, broadcast finishing in the books. Uh, we appreciate everybody that came on. Even if you didn't stick with us for the whole episode, we appreciate it. Um, we appreciate everybody that asked questions and engaged with us. Uh, we hope to keep doing this, uh, weekly, twice a week. Um, however many times NSN Philly will let us do it. Um, we'll be back. And, uh, again, we just appreciate you guys rocking with us, answering, uh,
0: asking questions, and we'll be back soon. You got any last words for us, James? Nah, I just hope you all have a good night. And I want to thank NSN Philly again. Appreciate it.
1: All right, everybody. We'll, we'll see you guys. Hopefully we can be back uh, in a few days. If not, we'll be back next Thursday. Uh, so until then, uh, go Birds. Uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple, on Spotify. Just search uh, Birds of Broad Street. Leave a review. Um, follow us both on Instagram, at Eagles fans, at Fresh Prince of Philly um that's where we really do a lot of really good content news breaking anything like that so um give us a follow there and we'll see you guys in a few days go birds peace